This is episode number 29 with Carlotta Nelson and Stephen J. Posner. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm really excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial membership. By signing up for free, you are going to receive your first free audiobook and two free Audible originals. Go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook and sign up for a 30-day free trial membership today. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. That's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-K. Again, that's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. Get the free trial, the free audiobook, and two free Audible originals today. And now let's dive into the episode. Mindset Nation. Today's episode is really a special one. First of all, this is my first episode when I had two guests on at the same time, and it was just so much fun to have this conversation with three of us. And second of all, these guests are none others than the director Carlotta Nelson and the producer Stephen J. Posner of a groundbreaking documentary called Brain Matters that explores the brain science of the early years and what experiences and skills are required for all children to thrive and reach their full potential. The documentary is absolutely free to check out on YouTube. For more information, simply visit brainmattersfilm.com or check out the links in the show notes on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. So in today's episode, we talk about the mission of this documentary, and Carlotta and Steven also talk about the story and the message behind the project. We also dive deeper into the so-called four brain-boosting experiences that is detailed and deconstructed in the film, which is nurturing parenting, language, play, and nutrition. And now a couple of words about today's guests. So Carlotta Nelson, half Swedish, half Argentine, and born in Japan, is a Madrid-based screenwriter and director specializing in cross-media social impact documentaries, art house biographies, as well as science and educational films. A member of the Academy of Cinematographic Arts and Sciences of Spain, Carlotta is a highly experienced bilingual storyteller whose documentary work has spanned global social and cultural topics, including art and apartheid in South Africa, censorship in Kuala Lumpur, and recidivism in America's women's prisons. Stephen J. Posner is a producer of Brain Matters. Stephen has been deeply involved in all aspects of the film's production, including financing, story development, production leadership, marketing, partnerships, and distribution. Prior to his work on Brain Matters, Stephen co-founded and served as Chief Business Officer of Future Lighthouse, a leading international virtual reality storytelling studio. So guys, without further ado, let's bring on today's guests. Hi Carlotta and Stephen, and welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Tibor, for having us. It's a pleasure to be on your on your podcast today. Yeah, we're very excited and very appreciative that uh, that you're here helping us spread the word on Brain Matters. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. I'm just more than excited and also honored to have this conversation with both of you today about Brain Matters, really a groundbreaking documentary that explores the science of the early years and what experiences and skills are required for all children to thrive and reach their full potential. Wow, right? So I must confess, I really, really love the documentary. And as I said, I'm truly honored to have been involved in, in supporting your mission. And I'm also grateful for the fact that I, I created and I could create this space in the form of this podcast to convey this message and, and share it with the world. And uh, before we dive into our conversation, I just wanted to mention some of the, the questions that really resonated with me. I think they are really good ones. So for example, what makes us us? What determines our outcomes? Is it a question of faith? Is it a matter of opportunity? Does it have to do with our genes or IQ levels? Why is that some children thrive while others don't? And how can these children realize their full potential? So really, really great questions. And I wanted to start this conversation with the story and the mission behind this documentary. So would you just talk to us a little bit more about this mission? Perfect. Well, you know, uh, this started almost as a family project, ironically enough, uh, given that it's about uh, kids and, and parenting and education. And that. But basically, uh, my stepfather and his business partners uh, uh, set up a foundation in Colombia quite a few decades ago, the, the Genesis Foundation, and their focus was kids and education. And fast forward a bunch of years, uh, about four or five years ago, uh, my stepfather was visiting uh, the Max Planck Institute for Neuroscience in Jupiter, Florida, and he was there with the head of the institute, uh, and the guy pulled out two brain scans of three-year-olds, and one was hyper-connected. You could see a lot of connectivity in the brain, and another one wasn't as connected, and he asked my stepfather, well, what do you think the difference is? And my stepfather said, well, you know, it's, it's genetics. It's, you know, where the kid comes from, and the guy said, no. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, no, it's not genetics. It's not IQ. It's not, you know, how the kid is born. It's what this child has been exposed to. One has been stimulated. The other one hasn't. And that idea uh, sort of really shook my stepfather and then engaged Carlota, who's done a bunch of wonderful documentaries, to do a research project. And I'll let her go a little bit into, in, into that and who got involved. But basically... Doing the research, we said, oh, there is a really important story to tell here. So I don't know, Carlota, if you want to talk a little bit about the, the research journey and the researchers and the advisors and the scientists and everybody that got involved. Of course. Well, after what Stephen pointed out, um, I think uh, I would like to say that getting the science right was a central part of this project. Uh, so early on during the research stage that I, I did together with Cristina Gutierrez, who's the director of the Genesis Foundation, we realized we were going to need help. None of us are neuroscientists. Um, so we really wanted to, to make sure that everything was validated by science. And that led us to begin to ask some of the people we were speaking to um, whether they wanted to help us get the science right. And we put together an international scientific advisory board 
who joined us every step of the way from the early versions of the script to the final movie. And, and these are some of the world's most brilliant minds and very, very busy people. So, you know, we feel just so grateful because of their generosity and support, and they have really made the film what it is. So we now know that everything is validated by science. Wow, that's that's really, really amazing. So I was just wondering, like, what was the motivation behind uh, or the why behind the documentary? So what did you want to convey or, you know, share with the world as a message? Well, the first message is that anyone, uh, no matter where they live, um, can apply the science. Because what the baby brain really needs is it has nothing to do with money. Another message that was very important to convey was to create awareness. So we never see children in the same way when we walk away from watching a movie. Another very important message was the need to get rid of harmful myths. Uh, like we're determined by our socioeconomic status or that some people are just born resilient. And the reason why these myths are so harmful is because um, people tend to think that there's really nothing they can do or they're sort of condemned. You know, I, I think we all need to work like a strong, healthy brain does, and that's together um, and stop working in silos. So all different sectors of society need to be aware of the brain science and apply it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I would say in... in um in some of the very sort of very simplistic ways, wanting to sort of create a mind shift in terms of the understanding of little kids. So after watching the documentary, you would not see little babies the same way. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, happens a lot more with fathers that, uh, that, you know, kind of say, you know, my, my son or my daughter is going to be interesting when they can talk, when they can interact, when they can play, you know, right now, all they do is sort of, you know, go to the bathroom, cry, sleep, um, you know, they're not very interesting. And realizing that that what happens in those first few years of life is so critical for how their brain develops and what their future outcome can is. So, so kind of getting people to really think that education doesn't begin when you go to school, uh, when you go to, to, to nursery school or kindergarten. As it says, and the one expert in the film says, you know, it begins in the crib. Education begins in the crib. So get people to really take a step back and kind of say, oh, my God, this is... It's amazing what's happening inside these little brains. And I had no idea the consequence that it could have. I mean, sort of that awareness uh, was, was also one of the big missions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and, and it comes through in the documentary. And I was just always fascinated by the science that is coming out about neuroplasticity, uh, neurogenesis, the fact that we can rewire our brain to become a better person, change our identity or overcome our limitations and everything. The foundation is happening in the early childhood. And that's why I really love this documentary, that it gives us this awareness around the importance of having this foundation you know, that the brain was born to learn and, and the child was born to learn. They are learning machines and everything that they are exposed to is, is so important. And it gives them the foundation who they can become. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. I, I really love this, this message and it's really, really important. And so in the documentary, right, there are four brain boosting experiences mentioned. And Stephen, you tapped into those to some extent. For example, parenting is mentioned, also language and play and nutrition. So 
would you guys just share a couple of important words about those areas, why, why they are really important to focus on? Uh, yeah, perfect. I think uh, we'll all jump in and Carlota sort of compliment. Uh, I'll start with a couple and then, and then I'll hand over to Carlota. But if you have any comments, please, uh, please, please jump in. Um, we talk about nurturing parenting, but what's important is that it's not just the parents. It's, it's, uh, it could be siblings, it could be grandparents, it could be aunts, uncles, teachers, but basically person-to-person uh, -person direct interaction between the child and a real human uh, is a tremendous, tremendous brain-boosting activity. Uh, you wonder why? Uh, you know, the, the, in Harvard, they've done a lot of research in uh, a, a baby is constantly trying to, the, the, the first type of understanding that they try to have is faces. They're trying to make sense of, of people's faces, happy faces, sad faces. And that actually is a precursor to language and to speaking. You know, that's their first interpretation of, you know, what's happening around them. So when there's direct intentional interaction that sometimes they call it serve and respond. So the kid serves up a Google or a guy or whatever, and how you respond to that. Um, so that type of of nurturing interaction uh, is is deeply deeply brain boosting. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about language, and this is one of the things that to me sort of sort of blew my mind <laughs> is uh, that basically the amount of words that a child hears even before they learn how to speak will determine how many words they say and has correlation to their reading levels. So there could be kids that go into first grade and might not read as well as others, not because they're dumb or not as smart, but because they didn't have people that talk to them. Because people don't think that 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 talking to a six-month-old baby makes sense. And it's like, no, there is a type of language. There's understanding. You're 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 sort of building that. And you know, in in that phase of three, six, nine months, a child is able to distinguish um, the sounds of almost every single language on the planet. Then they focus on the one that is most prevalent in the household and they eliminate everything else. But, you know, to think about the ability to distinguish all those differences shows you just the power of absorption. So language is key. That's why reading to a two-month-old child or a nine-month-old child is actually a really important activity because you're also introducing words that you might not be using, uh, narrating what, what you're doing. Oh, I'm going to take you out of the crib and, and I'm going to walk you over to the living room and then I'm going to go make your bottle. So just the narration of your activities while you're with the child is exposing the child to language. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. So I, you know, personally was always fascinated by language. So especially when when children are exposed to to learn more languages, and um, as you mentioned, Steve, even if they don't speak, they understand everything around them. So it's really important how we how we use the language, how conscious we are about those activities, and yeah, if we are speaking to them or not, making this conscious choice around language. One thing that I want to add to that, uh, because I think it will be of a lot of interest to the theme of your podcast in general, which relates to this managing emotions. Uh, I think you probably would agree with me that the biggest challenge that people have in having, you know, a really strong mindset is the fear of judgment of others and not trusting themselves enough to, you know, do what they want to do. And that's, you know, that's a struggle that a lot of us have in order to have a real 
powerful mindset. How you show up with your babies starts to teach that mindset uh, and starts to teach either self-worth or not. And I'll give you an example. If, if you know, a two-year-old is having a tantrum and your response to the child is, you know, stop doing that, don't do that, you know, that way, that's not the way to do that. What you're teaching that child is your emotion is not valid. It's very different to first, and there's a guy that wrote a wonderful book, a couple of wonderful books called Harvey Karp, as the happiest toddler on the block, where he says you need to empathize with a child. So if a child is having a tantrum, it's like, oh, you're really upset, right? You're really, really angry, right? And you start to see that they respond and they nod and they feel validated. They feel understood. And then you can have a conversation. So I know you're upset, but you know, we don't throw things in the house and you know that but at least you haven't cut their emotion off. And that eventually leads to lack of confidence and lack of trust in, in the self because they've been negated. So how you show up as a parent in the early years can affect that self-esteem and that self-worth in, in, in a very empowering or debilitating way. And, and that to me is, 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 is dramatic. Yes. When we think about managing emotions, that's that's a pretty difficult thing to do, um, even as adults. Um, but the reason why it's difficult to do is because we haven't been taught um, in in that early period um, when children are are expecting to learn. They're born ready to learn, and this is a great magical time then that we can start to teach them how to regulate their emotions when they get frustrated or angry or mad. So just imagine what this could do to a child who knows who knows how to regulate their emotions when they get to school. Think about what this does um, for their self-empowerment and their self-confidence and how they can work in teams and be generous. And all these things are you know, children are ready to learn during the early years. Yeah. And what I could add, what I could add to that is, you know, there's studies and, and Harvard has looked into this about uh, what makes people successful. It doesn't matter what type of field. So it doesn't have to be monetary success. And in a lot of cases, apart from the resilience and the persistence, it comes down to managing your attention and managing your emotions. And that essentially are these self-regulation and executive function skills that you can start to teach very, very, very early on. So these are lifelong skills that are correlated to success as adults. And, you know, that's why that's why it's so compelling to upskill those those those, you know, those skills when they're kids. And as as parents, as teachers, learn how to foster that, how to stimulate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you guys mentioned before, creating this awareness or raising this awareness around these things and translating science so that people can understand and it's and it's it's really really helpful and um I, I love it. And you guys mentioned this self-regulation or emotional regulation. Um one of the scientists in the documentary said that, you know, children who have difficulties with regulating their emotions Stephen, you tapped into this, that they will develop perceptions of not being good at certain things, which is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the scientists, I think, formulated it that way, which 
affects confidence, as you mentioned. So they, they might develop, you know, belief systems that I'm not good enough or, or it comes to the, the mindset or also the identity that, you know, I am not good at certain things. And so one of the really, you know, just um, interesting thing that in the documentary, there are some parts about meditation, right? So how meditation can help these children self-regulate, which is which is just so cool that, you know, these children, you know, learn meditation at a young age. So what are you, what do you think about meditation and other uh, methods to, to help this self-regulation? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of meditation. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's an incredibly powerful tool uh, to help us, uh, you know, not only calm ourselves down, uh, but how to s- sort of understand how our brain works uh, and how to be able to learn to use the brain as a as a more powerful directed tool versus be a victim to what uh, what the mind can do. And, you know, Bob Roth from the David Lynch Transcendental Meditation Foundation, I mean, they're doing amazing, amazing work taking uh, taking meditation, you know, meditation to different schools. Uh, additionally, uh, and I think meditation is easier when you have slightly older children. You know, getting a two-year-old or three-year-old to meditate is not an easy thing to do. But what uh, you can do, which is what I've done with with my kids, and you see a little bit of that in um, in in one of the programs in the in in the documentary, uh, which has to do with breathing and counting. So you know, count count to ten. One, two. Or, or, or just deep breathing is just, okay. And what I love about breathing is that it causes a physiological change in the body and stimulates the, the rest relaxation response in the nervous system. So it's, it's, it's just a very, very simple, very powerful tool uh, that kids can begin to develop the habit once they realize it makes them feel good. Wow, wow, that's really fascinating. And we actually talked about meditation, Stephen. So managing attention and emotion is kind of like connected to meditation, right? So you talked about that a little bit. And then I wanted to get back to the documentary with play and nutrition and why why is it really important to focus on those areas as well. Sure. What we used to think of you know, when we saw children playing, um, it seemed like they weren't, you know, they were just playing. Uh, but really what they're doing is developing the foundations for future learning, right? And it's it's not really a question of cramming in information into the baby's brain. We have to let them, give them enough space and allow them to play freely, as well as guided play, which is very important too. And when they play, children are learning basic spatial concepts like, um, you know, um, beneath and above, left and right, and, and, and really what happens when they're building blocks and the consequences it has. So when kids play, they are learning to learn. Um, they're also learning to work well with others um, and, and getting ready to learn how to read and write. And studies have demonstrated that when kids are engaging in these you know, play activities, whether it's on their own or guided activities. Um, they're, they're doing well in terms of their math and their reading um, later on. So, so play is crucial, a crucial part of these, of these early years. And, and something that 
um, a scientist shared with me is that we, and and I think it also is um, evident in the film <clears throat> that children also need to learn how to be bored, because it, it is in those moments of boredom when their creativity sparks. You know, try to to give them enough space to learn and ask questions of their own, and really let them explore. Yeah, and connecting with one of one of the points from the beginning is all these things are all interrelated. Uh, so it's not like they're separate. You know, four different separate things. So play is an amazing opportunity for direct interaction and language with a child. Uh, so so it's so it's it's an opportunity for a parent or a caregiver or a brother or a sister to sort of really connect on the level of the child as they're playing, not just sit back and watch them play. There's another part of play that is self-directed where you just pull back and you let the child explore and do whatever and then you can make comments and things but these are opportunities for interaction which which also makes them it's like you're layering you know the engagement the language uh the play the fun and all of these things work together yeah yeah i agree and we can learn from those children in terms of playfulness or whatever it is and there was um one educator who mentioned that uh, we need to allow their imagination run wild, which actually reminded me of one of Einstein's quote about, if you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. And playing is about sparking that creativity or curiosity as well. So I think it's a really important part uh, of the game and of the documentary. So, And what about uh, nutrition? I wanted to dive into nutrition as well. Well, nu- nutrition really is the fuel for the brain when, you know, even, even as adults, when you eat healthy and you stay away from processed foods, uh, for example, um, that does something to your brain and your brain is, 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 is better ready to work and organize and, and, you know, do your tasks. Uh, so nutrition is a very crucial part of, of the early years. Stephen, I'm not sure if you want to mention. Yeah. I mean, there's a, first of all, I, in, in a little bit of self-criticism, I think the, the nutrition section of the film is 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 not as strong. We actually have a lot of footage, but you have to make decisions about what you edit and what you don't. When you're when uh, you know, I don't know how many how many hours of total footage. So I think the the nutrition section is is quite a bit underserved given its importance. But also, since we're making a global film, there are nutritional traditions and there's nutrition. Uh, there are principles that apply just as far as, as human human consumption of, of the of good foods and bad foods, but we need to be very sensitive that we wouldn't be recommending any type of, of diet. So what is very clear is breastfeeding is absolutely critical. Uh, and I think a lot of people know that. And uh, the important element there is as a society realizing that it's not just food that's going into the into the child, it's it's intelligence in liquid form. Uh, and that that is helping, you know, build build a smarter child. So if you see a woman that's breastfeeding sitting, in, you know, in the park, some people can react as like, she, you know, she should go hide somewhere. That's, you know, you don't do that in public versus, no, she's making her child really smart and healthy and, and robust. Um, and I think the general principles uh, of healthy eating across the board, even though there's a lot of debate, is, is you know, milk is critical and important. Uh up to a certain age, when kids have teeth, 
uh, after that, uh, you know, milk is not as critical. It's not as, uh, there's a lot of myth around, around the milk and the, and the calcium. Um, sugar, lousy across the board. There's a lot of the, a lot of the carbs. So if you think about high quality proteins, eating the rainbow and fruits and vegetables, those are sort of like awesome principles that are healthy eating for adults and for kids. And, you know, we can go deeper into into some of the science and the physiology of nutrients and you know what boosts uh growth factors and different things but but essentially eating the rainbow uh high quality protein you know stay away from the white stuff uh dairy very important at the beginning but uh when when kids have teeth you know juices fruit juices green juices all that stuff is much better yeah, I think it's a really, really important part of the documentary because in general, you know, I also tend to focus on, you know, how can I improve my mind or or maybe anybody and we might not think about nutrition as a, as a you know, um, in correlation with, with brain development, not necessarily for the first time, but it's, it's, it's really important to, to raise awareness around this topic as well, especially in the early age, as you mentioned. Actually, I wanted to, you know, just uh, give you guys the chance to talk to the listeners, talk to us about how people can, you know, support this project and movement, the documentary, maybe a couple of words about the petition, the Genesis Foundation, uh, the screening opportunity. There are a lot of resources available on the on the website, so short video clips and and blog posts, so people can read them, watch them, use them. So what are some available resources and how can people support you? Perfect. So let me let me start a little bit with um, connects to the mission and, and a little bit of the philosophy. Uh, you know, we made a, a fairly bold decision to put this film out for free in YouTube. So essentially anybody with the link anywhere on the planet uh, can watch the film. Uh, because we felt that this message is so important to get out there that we wanted to eliminate all possible barriers to be able to see it. And our philosophy is, if the film moved you, if it inspired you, it's now yours. Think of it as your film. Uh, we put it out there so people would take it, take it on board and do their screenings, share it with their friends, their family, use it as advocacy tools in, in, in public policy, and Carlota can get a little bit more into that. So at a high level, uh, you know, we want everyone on the planet to see this film. We want to raise the awareness and, and have people share the film, share the petition, and that this really is a, a non-commercial initiative. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, we're not trying to build, you know, anything around this. At the, so it really is about just raising the awareness. But there is a lot of stuff uh, specifically. So I think as a general audience, uh, if you're, you know, parent or caregiver and educator and you're moved by the film at a minimum, uh, you know, sharing the film, you know, post it on social media, send it, uh, you know, send it via any messaging platform, have people do it and and help us support the, the movement of getting this out there. But I'll, I'll let Carlota talk a little bit more about all the exciting things that have been cropping up as this grassroots movement starts to take form around the planet. Uh, yes, we, we are very excited about this part because um, we've begun an early learning movement powered by Brain Matters. Um, and that's with the help of global ambassadors. And, and it's all at a grassroots movement. So <clears throat> what we really want to do is empower change makers to use this information 
and move it among organizations and non-for-profits and and businesses and legislators and faith-based leaders. There's so many exciting things that are happening right now. We, you know, we're going to be doing pilot programs at maternities in hospitals here in Madrid. Um, You know, the entire, um, network of Spanish universities is using the film. Uh, we're also working with a foundation in China who wants to dub the film into Chinese and, and in order to reach a broader audience. And uh, we have a wonderful global ambassador in the U.S. who is now working for a mayor on the early childhood task force. So like Stephen was saying, um, this information is 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 powerful and important for everyone in society to listen to to use and in order for you know to make it easier for them we've put together all these wonderful resources and that screening tool that Stephen um, spoke of before anyone in the world that wants to organize a screening can do so. Um, and whether that's uh, projected against a wall in a remote village in El Salvador or at your home or at a school, all they need to do is write to us and we send them a quality screener, a survey, edible posters, uh, evites, discussion guides. And we have all these materials in Spanish and English. What's really exciting is 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 you know we we launched this obviously as a as as a non for profit project you know we have almost no no budget beyond the production budget to get this out there and you know we've with the help of so many people uh, you know like you in terms of, of of getting the the message out there you know since we've launched we've gotten you know you know close to thirty thousand views on YouTube and I have a friend of mine that has one of the largest multi channel networks in the Spanish speaking world and they're you know, they're doing over, you know, 1.2 billion videos a month. And I told him what we had done. He said, wow, do you realize that getting that amount of views, that all organic uh, with uh, for a channel that nobody knows and didn't exist, you should feel very proud. And what we feel proud is the way people have taken this on and 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 spread the word. And, you know, what Carlota was mentioning, you know, there's a foundation in Vietnam that wants to take it on and, and use it locally. So, we just get thrilled as things kind of pop up and people are ask us, you know, um, you know, can we have permission to use the film? I'm like, the film's yours. Run with it. How can we help you? <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Uh, incredible to, to hear that uh, with the video, the, the, the viewers, almost 30,000. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you guys about, Tell, tell the listeners why is it really important to sign the petition, how it supports you, and where they can find more information on the screening opportunity and the petition. Sure. Uh, well, since simply releasing the film for free to the world, unfortunately, is not a newsworthy event, um, we decided to link the, the, the free release to a broader global um, ECD initiative. So we set up... A- Change.org campaign for those listeners out there who are not aware, but the the G and the G20 summit two years ago in Buenos Aires, um, global leaders for the first time ever in the history of G20 gave um, early childhood development a high priority and committed to certain uh, calls to action. Um, last year in Osaka in Japan, um, ECD was was barely mentioned. 
So uh, we set up this change.org campaign to petition global leaders to not forget their promises and and actually turn those promises into real action and 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 design and implement and support early childhood development systems. So if we get enough signatures, we have someone who has offered to hand deliver this petition to the G20. So so if if you know if all the listeners out there can can go to change.org brain matters um, and sign our petition and share we would be very grateful and we would all be helping make this world a better one yeah and if, and in our website which is brainmattersfilm.com there's everything is there there's uh, links to get to the petition links to get to the film and if you go to youtube and you search for brain matters film you'll 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 find the film uh, all of the resources the, the 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 resources include short clips articles links to great tools. For example, there's one from Mind in the Making called Vroom, uh, which is a beautiful, very simple app that uh, you know helps parents turn everyday activities into learning activities with kids. So if you're doing laundry, it's, uh, you know, suddenly use laundry to, to play with textures of the different types of clothes, to learn sorting, to play with colors, um, and, you know, some other articles of, of interest. Um, and obviously, you know, they can always email us at info at brainmattersfilm.com and uh, and uh, and we'll we'll get in touch and and happy to talk about any type of collaboration or project or or how we can help out. Absolutely amazing. So all the links are going to be in the show notes and so people can find it. And guys, I mean, I'm just blown away by this project. I really love it. So thank you so much for being on the show and um, see you guys next time. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving us the time and the space. That's wonderful. Thank you. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation, so please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show and don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website mindsethorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, mindset transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a message. We'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be limitless, my friends.